0: welcome to project bgr craft beer and conversation and did we mention craft beer the beer guys tim dennis and aaron williams talk to the makers and creators from the craft beer world and beyond now time for project bgr with your hosts tim and aaron
1: welcome to project bgr I'm Tim Dennis.
0: And I'm Aaron Williams. On this week's show, we are going to talk to Eric Warner. He is the brewmaster for Houston's Carbach Brewing Company. We spoke to him during the 2016 Great American Beer Festival in Denver. Hey
1: everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Project BGR. We are here in beautiful Denver, Colorado at the Great American Beer Festival. And we are here with Eric Warner. He is the brewmaster of Carbach. Did I say Carbach? Carbock Brewing Company. Carbock that's right. Brewing Company out of... Wonderful,
2: Houston, Texas. That's right,
1: Eric. Thanks so much for
2: joining us today. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, tell us a little bit about, about your background. How did you get to involve in craft beer? At the beginning?
2: Well, funny story. There, I actually once upon a time was one of the co producers of the Great American Beer Festival. Back from ninety one to ninety three, I was the uh, beer manager. And we used to have the GABF in a much smaller venue. I think there was only 100 breweries. And my responsibility was to get all the beers in from all over the country. Back then, it was so much different because we actually – and, you know, it was all phone and fax. And I was literally calling all the breweries across the U.S. Hey, do you want to do the GABF? Because we were trying to get enough breweries to come. Yeah. And now it's come full circle. They're having to turn, turn people, people away. away. Yeah. And so I helped build the, uh, the draft system that they use today. We uh, created that back then. So – but – I, it really started, honestly, JBF kind of had something to do with it too back in, I came to the JBF in 1986, right after I graduated college, and I was a German major, knew I wanted to go back to Germany to do something, and I figured, I, I, I went to college in Portland, Oregon, where some of the crap breweries like Widmer, Portland Brewing, Bridgeport were getting started. And uh, worked at a pizza joint. This guy took us down one Saturday, toured the breweries. I said, wow, this is it. This is what I want to do. And shortly after that, I came back to Denver, where I'm from, mm-hmm. and went to JABF 1986 and found all these wonderful beers, and I was, I was in. So I left to go to Germany uh, half a year later and got my degree in brewing science over there and have been involved with the craft brewing industry ever since.
1: So how'd you land in Houston?
2: So I was working, I'd been with Flying Dog Brewery for the previous 11 years. In 2008, I left there and was looking for a new project. And the guys that started carbach they were originally in the, the two main founders. They were in the beer distribution business. They had a craft beer distributorship in Texas that they had recently sold. In Texas, like many states, you can't uh, be a distributor and a brewer. And they'd always wanted to get into the brewing side of things and weren't really looking to sell the distributorship, but the kind of proverbial offer came along and they did, and so uh, actually, Atlantic Connection here, uh, I used to sell beer to Georgia Crown okay. in Atlanta, my flying dog beer, and the beer manager there at the time, he knew the guys involved with the distribution company and they were like, gosh, if we were going to open a brewery You know, who should we talk to? And this guy, he just thought I was the cat's meow. He's like, you should talk to Eric Warner. That guy is an awesome brewmaster, and he would totally get you guys in the right direction. So I get a call from uh, Ken Goodman, one of the uh, principals of C.R. Goodman, and said, hey, we're interested in doing a brewery. Can you put together a feasibility study for us, you know, equipment costs and all that? Did that in 2008. Well, then the great financial crisis hit. Didn't hear from these guys for a year, and then out of the blue in 2010, hey, we're ready to do this brewery thing. And so did more consulting, started working together. We had a good relationship. They wanted me to come on board and run the brewery full-time, and so here I am. So
1: there it went, huh? Yeah. So how is, uh, how's Houston as a beer town? It's, it's fun talking to folks from everywhere because it seems every city has its own pulse, its own vibe. So kind of what makes Houston Houston as far as the beer scene goes?
2: Yeah, I mean, Houston, I think, has always been a good – specialty beer town uh imports had always done well there you know there's a lot of europeans in houston because of the uh energy industry and so uh but craft beer obviously has been lagging a little bit you know and it's it's like you know the rest of the southeast it's the one part of the country that still has a little bit of catching up to do and yeah it's it's it's, it's getting better you know but it's no denver it's no portland um you know, and, and Houston probably also as far as craft breweries go. I mean, Austin, there's tons. Dallas has a lot. But Houston and San Antonio are, are just kind of getting going with craft breweries. I think Houston's up to maybe 20, 25. But there's some great beer bars there. Of course, the Flying Saucer, uh, you know, they've had their Houston store for 15-plus years. I I sold Flying Dog beer to those guys back in the day. Yeah. Um, and and so uh, yeah it's it's and it's a very good restaurant town very good gastronomical uh, place so it's it's a good it's a good beer town i mean there's definitely still uh, a lot of bubba beer being drunk there but it's it's coming around nicely
0: you're listening to project bgr time to take a quick break we'll be back with more with eric warner from carbock right after this Hey, this is Aaron. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Beer Guys radio show. We've got some really awesome things that are coming soon that will help us engage with you some more. We're not going to lie to you, though. It takes time, effort, and money to produce this show every week. So if you'd like to be part of the Beer Guys family, we would love your help. Head to patreon.com slash beer to become a sponsor. We're not going to beg, okay, maybe just a little bit, but hey, we've got some great swag for those who become a sponsor, and you'll be among the first to know about the great things that are coming to the Beer Guys universe. Again, that's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash beerguys, or you can go to beerguysradio.com and click the sponsor link. We thank you for your support, and cheers. Welcome back to
1: Project BGR, and we're talking with Eric Warner from Carbach Brewing.
0: Yeah, we recently talked to uh, to Jeff Stuffing from Jester King, and uh, talked a little bit about how the laws have kind of relaxed a little bit better in Texas to help you, uh, the, the craft brewers. Have you seen it over the years, uh, kind of improve uh, the, for the laws, as far as the laws are going?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the most recent round of, of changes, which was in 2013, uh, that basically that allowed brew pubs to distribute allowed craft brewers to sell some beer on premise. Uh, that, that those are all good things. You know, we still, uh, as a production brewery, we would love to have the ability to sell beer to go, which we can't do. We also have a restaurant that's doing quite well, but there are people that come in every once in a while, just, they don't drink beer, they're gluten intolerant or, or something else. And it'd be nice to have, something to offer them but um yeah i i think uh they've come a long way you know it's still not like colorado which is pretty wide open and yeah, you can yeah. do just about anything uh with with a brew pub license here you can sell up to sixty thousand barrels you can distribute wow. you Take
1: know a few beers then right yeah yeah, it's like 6, yeah. Cap, so. but it's
2: it's you know it, it's better it, it's it's and, and most of the new breweries in texas now are opening under the brew pub with a brew pub license which caps you at i believe it's 10 or eleven thousand barrels and you can always change your license later sure and by brew pub they're not necessarily opening a restaurant um but they will do a tap room and and brew pubs can sell beer to go they can sell growlers to go so that's a an advantage of that license but we're we're up to 84,000 barrels we'll do this year, so okay. yeah. that's You're not right an option. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's, I mean, it's interesting to hear the the beer laws, you know, across the country. We know we, we complain a lot in Georgia because we can't do, our brewers can't do uh, direct sales for consumption or to go there. You know, we have this, this interesting free souvenir setup. You buy a tour, they can give you free souvenirs. Up to 36 ounces on the side, up to 72 ounces to go. You know, is that that's what we can do? But you know, in the states where we see these freedoms, like Colorado, you know, where we are, there's there's just such a boom uh, over there where, near where we are, Asheville, North Carolina, is, is a great beer town, and you just see you can open a small brewery. Uh, we went to Mockery here recently, and this is a small. You know, it's a large garage, maybe it looks right? Like it. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah. and you know, the, that's not feasible where we're from. It's just not economically viable because you can't do the sales there, but. Uh, you know, we're hopeful. I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time talking on that. It's easy for me to go off on that tangent, but <laughs> nice. I'll pull it back in there. there so let's talk beer. Sure, let's talk beer. So Absolutely. We, we talked here, a little man. bit, and uh, you're you're rocking a shirt here
2: for a popular beer that you do, Hopadillo IPA. Is that your is that your number one? It is, uh, and and it matches the national trends awful closely. Uh, it's about a third of our sales, and um, growing still tremendously. Uh, it's it's kind of a unique IPA. We call it a Texas style IPA. Uh, it's it's six point five percent. A little bit darker, a little maltier, and a real interesting blend of hops. We're using UK Goldings. We're using Simcoe, Citra, Amarillo, some Cascade. I uh, when I was at Flying Dog, went through the uh, quote unquote hop crisis of two thousand seven. And where it became real tough to get certain varieties, a lot of breweries had problems with that. And I said, hey, any beers I design in the future, I'm, I'm going to make sure I have a bunch of different hops in there. So if any one isn't available, uh, I can, you know, sub in more of the others, and most likely no one will notice.
1: blend close enough, and that's uh – it's important to do, like you said with the hops. You, you can't always get everything you want there, so yeah. get it something that that doesn't get people complaining too much about last year's being better or something like that, which is popular in the beer community there.
2: So yeah, I mean it's you know I was just out in Yakima last week doing our hop selection, hop selection. and uh, you know that that's a great point you make up is is um, you know people always say uh, you, you know Michael Jackson, uh, I remember he had a quote in, in his world guide, you know, 20, 30 years ago, but basically saying, you know, wine is kind of more subject, subject to the year to year growing conditions and, you know, brewers don't have that problem. And, you know, sure. When you're back in the day when beer was, you know, a hoppy beer was 30 IBUs, that may have been the case. But today, you know, with so many of these hop forward beers and the aroma components being such a huge part of that. Trying to get that consistency with your hops year to year is a challenge. And that's why we go out there every year to do selection to make sure we can, you know, get that as close as we can.
0: Yeah, you know what's kind of funny that you talk about wine, is that, you know, wineries and vintners, you know, it's okay to have two thousand seven be different than the two thousand eight vintage, but for beer manufacturers, you've got to have that consistency across the board no matter
2: what year it is. That's right. It's certainly a big challenge for you. That's right, and I, I think though the crappier consumers are a little forgiving about that. Um, I don't think it's as big a deal as it was 20 years ago when I first got into the industry. I think you know the whole consistency and you got to have one flagship and everything's got to be filtered brilliantly clear. Uh, I, I don't think those same uh, standards are in in play today. You, you, you can't be wildly inconsistent, but
0: yeah, but you've got to have that. Uh Again, you've got kind of room to play with a little bit uh, yeah. from year to year. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So now another one of your styles that you have um, is your uh, pumpkin beer, Crunkin' Pumpkin'. Yes. <laughs> now, we've read some stories across the board that uh, folks have kind of dropped off their pumpkin beer manufacturing a little bit. Have you seen that uh, happen as well?
2: Yeah. We produced a little less uh, just to err on the side of caution there uh, this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, But it seems like it's selling pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting, though, Bart Watson, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's the economist for the Brewers Association. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he did showed something a couple weeks ago that was Google searches for pumpkin beer. And he, he plotted, uh, I think, the last four years over a time graph for, like, late August through October. And, you know, the searches are behind a little bit. So, you know, maybe indicating that, you know, pumpkin beers aren't. Quite as popular as as they were. I think part of the problem is there's just so many people making them. Yep. And you know, me personally, I, I think we make a great pumpkin beer, but you know, I might have a one pint of it throughout the whole season.
0: Sometimes it's kind of a tough tough that's pint I to enjoy have, them, but it's yeah, something
1: a few through the season. You know, when fall comes around, I'll have a couple. But I think that's the kicker for it is I'm I'm good once I have a couple of them. Yes. You know? so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Okay.
0: Yeah. So now you recently celebrated your fifth anniversary yeah. with a quad IPA.
2: A uh, quint IPA. A quint IPA. Yes. I'm sorry. That's wow. that's even crazier than the quad that's IPA. Out of exactly.
0: <laughs> Tell us about how that design came out. Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean we were obviously trying to poke a little fun at that, you know, and, and just that one upsmanship that I think people uh, kind of chuckle about with, with IPAs and the in the brewing industry. And but obviously since it was our fifth anniversary, you know, Quintuple made sense. But then, you know, the brewers were like well, yeah, we got to put in five different hops and five different yeasts and five different sources of fermentable sugar. So we, we did all of that. Yeah. So it ended up being a, 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 a little more complicated beer to make, but it's real strong. You know, it's a uh, uh, 13% beer. Kind of like the dogfish, you know, ninety, one twenty, something in that vein. You know, you can definitely taste and smell the hops, but when you get beers that strong, the the way the hops sort of interact with the rest of the beer changes a little bit. Um, But yeah, sold out uh, immediately, like all of our uh, bottled releases do. Mm -hmm. All of our beers are cans, our everyday beers, our seasonal beers, but our barrel aged beers and like the anniversary beer was in 22-ounce in bottles, so did about 1,500 cases and 300 uh, quarter barrels, and it all sold out instantly, so
1: Excellent. So, Eric, what's, uh, what's next for Carbach? What's in the works?
2: Well, we um, are talking about a couple new everyday beers next year, maybe uh, some kind of IPA, um, possibly a fruited IPA, uh, those seem to be holding their ground. There sure. seems to be some sustainability there. Um, we've got uh, our fresh hot beer coming out shortly. We just released. So so we have this lineup called KR&D, which is a yeah. draft-only, 120-barrel batch. When it's gone, it's gone. So we just released a Honey Jasmine Saison, which is going quite well. And, um, yeah, we've got the Cherries of Fire, which is our next uh, Bourbon Barrel Hellfighter release. It's a cherried version of that. It's a reprise of, of something we'd done earlier, uh, that was quite successful. Um, we're talking about next year doing like a Armagnac barrelage, Doppelbach, um, uh, maybe a, a, cinnamon horchata, uh, bourbon barrel hell fighter. So, yeah, we've got our, our You'll Shoot Your Eye Out holiday beer yeah, coming yeah, out. Right. And then, uh, with the leg lamp. Which I with think, a leg right. lamp. Yeah, so, yeah, we're always coming up with new new beers and, you know, our rotating seasonals and all that. So
0: Excellent. Uh, anything we missed?
2: Uh, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that covers everything that okay. I can think of, even, unless you guys have any other questions. I
0: think we're good. Eric Warner from a Carbock Brewing Company in Houston, Texas. Thanks so much for joining
2: us. You're very welcome, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to Project BGR, and of course, special thanks to Eric Warner. He is the brewmaster from Carbach Brewing in Houston for taking the time out to talk to us. You can learn more about the brewery at CarbachBrewing.com.
1: Remember, Project BGR is available on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It really helps us. Definitely. And plus,
0: tune in to Beer Guys Radio every Saturday for all the news you need to know about the craft beer movement across the southeast, We podcast that, too, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Beer
1: Guys Radio. Cheers, and we'll talk to you soon.